Alright guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we're going to be talking about what we've been watching, what we've been playing. Um, we're going to talk about some big movie news. We're going to talk about our favorite songs of the year. And possibly um, a large uh, earth-shattering signing in the NBA. But first... So, so let's start with what we've been watching. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got uh, two things this week. Um, I have a movie and a show. And the movie is Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, it came out in 2016. And it's a small... new. Uh, for, it's, not, it's not a foreign film. I think it actually was co-produced by New Zealand. Um, but it's from director Taika Waititi. And he did okay. um, Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit, and uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And so I think this is either the movie that got him Thor Ragnarok or it's the one that sort of he did before he got that big contract. But it was right before. So it was in 2016. Okay. Um, and it's just a small, uh, quirky comedy. Like, like it's delightful about uh, this kid who's in foster care and he gets placed into a home um, with um, a, a husband and a wife. And the husband is played by Sam Neill. And he's the guy from Jurassic Park. Okay. And so he's like old and crumogeny, and it's about them going adventures in the bush in the backwoods of or the bush of New Zealand, um, and it, it's really good, and it's it's got his same sensibilities in terms of this <clears throat> like a weird mix of of like super sort of almost um, how can I say heightened reality comedy where like sometimes stuff is like well that wouldn't really happen, but it's 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 sort of hard to explain. It happens in Jojo Rabbit too. Um, and then these like moments of like really like dark, grim sadness. But I think that makes it better because then it's like I, I think it makes that that the comedy better because it's like I don't know, it makes it more real or it sort of keeps right. it grounded, keeps it from getting too wacky. Um, which is what happens exactly in Jojo Rabbit, where there's like these moments of comedy that are like so outlandish, but then there's these heavy fucking moments of like just sadness. Um, so I, I I cannot recommend it recommend it enough. It's um. <clears throat> It's a nice like balm on 2020, um, and it, it, the, and the two central performances are so good. Uh, Sam Neill and then the the kid, whoever I, I, I didn't get his name of, of the kid who plays the kid, but he's so good. Julian Dennison, he plays mm, yes. Ricky Baker. Does that yes. sound right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him, and he's he's fantastic. The, the, the two of them make a great pair. Um, he's the kid from Deadpool too. Looking at him. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. So and he was great in that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's in Deadpool too. And I think it's a similar role, right? He's like a foster kid because he's in the X Men. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he was great in that, um, and he's gr- fucking great in this too. Um, and it's on Netflix, and it's only like I think it was like an hour thirty-five, an hour forty. So it's a quick breeze. It's light. It's funny. Great characters. Um, can't recommend. Yeah, so it how enough. big of a role is Reese Darby? Because I'm looking at the cast and mm-hmm. who's in it, and I love him so much in yeah, everything he, he's in. Yeah, it's a small. I would say like a five minute. Oh, it's, okay. He's somebody that they meet in the New Zealand bush, but he's great. Like okay. his role is great. 
in that um, Taika Waititi, he puts himself in the movie too, and he's got a good little snippet. Um, I would say it's primarily a, a two-person movie. Two-person show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch Five of the Concords? I did. I watched, uh, well, I watched the first season, and I actually was a fan of theirs before. Cause from before, the stand-up special, From right? the stand-up special, yeah, the 30-minute, the one-night stand, yeah. Yeah, okay, so it was, that's great, but there's a spot in the show with, with Reese Darby mm-hmm. where they're like, because you know he's their manager in that yeah. show, mm-hmm. right? and, and mm-hmm. I don't remember if it's in the first season or where it is, but they're like, they're sitting arguing at like his little desk, like his little mm-hmm. agent desk, and he, he's like, what, quit being such a dickhead, and it kills me every time, <laughs> and then he, and then, and then fucking, I think Jermaine throws a sandwich at his face, and uh-huh. the moment it hits his face, he's like, sandwich in my face, like, it kills, <laughs> it kills me every time, and I don't know what it is, it's just his delivery, he's great in Jumanji, because he's in that too, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, um, yep. he, He's just got, like, a weird personality, like, it, it just everything about him kills yeah. me every time I see him. He and plays the same character every time, also, like yeah, despite and, what movie he's in. <laughs> and I always thought he was going to be bigger because I remember seeing him in that, and I was like, "Wow!" Well, I was like, "Wow!" Um, what's his name? Uh, the two main guys, the Flight of the Concourse, they're great. Uh, Reese Darby, he's great in it, and uh, Kristen Shaw. And I was right. like, "All four of these guys, or all four of these, are about to fucking just blow up." And it's and- weird they all went and like. Well, I, I don't really know what Reese Darby did, but like Jermaine Clement actually turned into like an actor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And. and is in movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Then, uh, Brent, I think is the other guy's name, right? Yeah. He like is not really in movies, but he's like, I know he won, I think a, it, either a Grammy or an Oscar. I think it had to be a Grammy, but for like the music for, uh, the, the Muppets? Muppets. Yeah. He won the uh, best song. So he has an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this man's killing it. Like, <laughs> but it's just like in exact opposite directions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? One dude was like, I'm going to be in front of the camera. And he was like, I'm going to just do the music. I'm gonna keep, and, yeah, I'm going to keep doing the music. and um, Kristen yeah. Shaw, what, she's been in a couple things. Yeah, I wouldn't she, say, is she as, would you say she's as big as Jermaine Clement now? Uh, probably, mostly because of her role in Bob's Burgers. Where she oh, plays, yeah, that's like, right. She's the, the voice actor for uh, Louise. The, the, Louise, right? The, yeah. the smallest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and she actually, I started watching over Thanksgiving the movie The Spy, the one with Batista. I only yeah. got like twenty minutes in because then Sydney's family wanted to do something else, but uh, <laughs> she's in that too. <laughs> Wait, so twenty minutes into this movie, they were all like, "Oh no, not because of the movie." They were like, "They were like, all right." And I was watching. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna put it on for a little bit." I was hoping. I was thinking that they were gonna. I was gonna be like the whole time that the movie's gonna last. But then they were like, "All right, let's go downtown." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, okay." I, I, I just imagined just, all of you later. sitting down, and then her family twenty minutes in being like. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, no, not even I, saying this movie sucks. Just, like, uh, literally all of a sudden be like, all right, we're going downtown. <laughs> time to go. No, it was, it was just, I think it was it was just me watching it. And I liked it, like, from what I saw. But then, you know, I think, and I like Batista, so. But I'll finish it later, and I'm sure I'll talk about it on here. But, yeah, so she's in that, and I think she's sort of similar roles where she, like, pops up and does, like, a couple of lines here or there. Right. Yeah. It's weird to me that Batista has found any luck acting. Because mm-hmm. he played the most, what's like, dry. The, the yeah, the most dry, least charismatic version of a WWE wrestler ever. Yeah. He was just like, I'm big and I'm jacked and I'm mad. Like that yeah. was his whole like WWE character. Just like, and it took I'm him a long way. I mean, he was like, you know, he's world champ and. Yeah, I don't know if that was him though, or if that was just like. <laughs> 
Because because there's a long running theme that like Vince McMahon just finds like the biggest people and he's like you're gonna be the star. Like, yeah, I mean it's from that gym. Like Goldberg I mean, Goldberg's finisher was the fucking spear and he was mm-hmm. like, yep. Hulk Hogan was like just like jacked. His one of his moves was like Hulkamania. He just stood up, it's right it out, <laughs> and then he has a leg drop, which is like the least impressive shit ever. Yeah, I yeah, I mean it's where that uh, the the meme comes from, where he's like sitting in a chair and he's like, hmm, oh, <laughs> and then like it, the last one's like him like popping, like falling yeah, back in falling his chair, backwards in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh God, yeah. No, I can't believe Batista's like a legitimate actor now. Yeah, but and and not just an actor, like because because I could see him playing the roles of just like generic villain all the time. Yes, you know what yeah. I mean. But, yeah. like, he's, like, doing comedic roles. Like right, he, like this, and he's in, um, I think he's... He Guardians in of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and he was so good. He had a small role in Blade Runner. Did you see Blade Runner? I did not. At the, he's at the very beginning. He's only in it for, like, ten minutes, but he's really good. Like, he's, like, an acting actor in that one. Oh, um, shit. And then he's in this one where he's comedic, and then he, I think he's in... Is he in Dune? No, he's not in Dune. I'm thinking about Jason Momoa. But I know what you mean because he was he was like a henchman in Spectre, the James Bond movie, and so right. that you kind of go that makes sense. He's just a big muscle, right? Uh, but yeah, seeing him seeing him get these roles is pretty cool. Oh, and he was in that movie with uh, Kumail Nanjiani where he plays the cop. Yeah, I, I wanted to see that one. I don't. Uh, what is it? Stuber. Uh, Stuber. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it, but I, I like both of them, so it's one yeah. that I like want to eventually give a shot. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, it always reminded me of. Uh, what is it like? Thirty seconds or less, or something like that. It's uh, like collateral. No, it's it, it's a gone in sixty seconds. No, it's it's not a serious movie. It's it's like uh, thirty minutes or less. The one with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and yes. Zari. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know why it always reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you mentioned Aziz Zari, then it, it might just be because it's Indian guy. And I'm a giant <laughs> asshole, but let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I want to check that out. But anyways, so. You said, uh, was it Hunt for the Wilder People? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm, on Netflix. Wilder People, if yep. I could speak. Um, okay, so it's on Netflix, you said? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay, and uh, so that's definitely worth watching. Uh, what, I guess I'll go to mine, and then we can come back to you. Um, mm-hmm. I've been playing uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which isn't mm-hmm. super notable normally. Um, but I have two things. So I played through the campaign first, like I normally do, and mm-hmm. it was actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. it, it takes place during the Cold War, so it, you know, it gets a little, um, extra patriotic and, and extra, you know, pro-Reagan. Um, but I don't think, well, I, I came to a point where I was like, I don't know, like I wish it didn't do this so much. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you're a company, and if your product is, like, most popular in the United States, right, and it's military-based, and you, they've done World War II, they've done World War One, they've done, you know, like, they, they've done modern, they've done future. Mm-hmm. At some point, if you make a Cold War game, I don't know how you can have all those factors come into play and not be, like, extra fucking rah-rah, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like super pro-Reagan, and it... it just like going way over the top with it mm-hmm. i don't really know if that's even a possibility at that point um but anyways the story was still pretty good um it, it kind of i guess the main point of it like brings up the uh the cia like mk ultra thing where they're like they were like brainwashing people 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like kind of where it all ties together during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, campaign was pretty good. Um, the second thing I wanted to say about it was I finished to today is a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished the campaign on Tuesday and then stopped playing for the night. Wednesday, I was like, all right, time to get into some of this multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I joined the first match. It's just like regular team deathmatch and got fucking decimated. <laughs> and and like the thing was, I was like, to be expected. Mm-hmm. I haven't played a Call of Duty game in a hot minute. I don't know this one at all. I don't know like any of the maps. It's been out for a little bit, so some people are used to it. You know what I mean? But then I played in a search and destroy match right after that, and I got the sweatiest fucking people to ever play this fucking game. And I was like, I think I might have to just stop playing this because they were fucking like sliding, jumping, doing 360s, oh, fucking shit. quick scoping people. And I was like, bro, what happened? Like, like <laughs> why did you put me here? I'm level four. These people are like second prestige like went through the levels twice already like i was like why am i in this group and one dude the whole time was like my team sucks his team being me a part of it and the whole time i wanted to be like yeah i'm level four like (laughs) this is what's gonna happen yeah i mean that's uh, that's why i never got super into multiplayer for call of duty or halo is because i never i was like literally in it and my kill death ratio would be like 0.75 and i was like i'm not even having fun like i I literally i kill a person i get killed twice i kill a person i get killed twice and like i just feel like i'm not making any progress so i was like i don't feel like playing halo i don't feel like playing um call of duty that's why i never got into them playing multiplayer because of that because i was like i just feel like everybody plays way more than i do and i'm getting (laughs) washed every single time (laughs) and and i'll I said I'm going to have to stop playing. I'm definitely going to keep playing it just because I'm an idiot. And I, I've played Call of Duty as far back as I can remember. So I'm just going to keep on fucking playing it. Mm. It's like I keep playing 2K and Madden every year. You know what I mean? Or like every other year. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is not as good as it used to be. But I'm going to just keep on doing it. <laughs> um, but the difference is in 2K, I'm watching everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, so, you know, I'll probably go back to Overwatch for a hot minute because I'm feeling a little more up to speed than that. And how long was the campaign? Um, it... I played in, like... It's not it's not too long. There's... I ended up having to re... There's, like, two optional miss- missions. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, little bits of evidence you can collect in the other, like, four or five. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, like, I ended up doing, like, three of those missions over again to, to get the, all the evidence I needed for the two optional ones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't care about that and just wanted to get through the main story, because the optional ones don't really tie in at all, Yeah. Um, you, you could probably knock that out in a week. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Cause, yeah, because I know, I mean, I, I think, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but those campaigns were always my the main draw for those, especially ones like 4 and even Black Ops 2, and I really like those. Um, and I was, I was disappointed by, uh, um, World War Two or WW2 or whatever it was called. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that it's back and like, it's, it's more solid than it has been. Yep. The Modern Warfare one, the most recent one that came out before Cold War, it was very good. And this one was very good. So I think they put a little more emphasis back on it. Good. Um, and I, and I think, hmm, I, I don't know if it was by necessity or if it was like they wanted to do it. 
Because mm. the thing is, is they rebooted, well, I guess maybe they didn't technically reboot Black Ops, but it's definitely like closer to Black Ops 1 than Black Ops 4 in terms of how it plays and everything mm. and the story. So I think that I think that they re- rebooted these two most popular versions of the franchise, like mm-hmm. Modern Warfare and this one. And and the thing is, is that both of those were known for like the story and their characters. So I, I wonder if they almost like redid the story and had a good story almost out of necessity because they like we want we want to capitalize on the nostalgia. You know what I mean for like the old modern warfare games and we want to capitalize on the nostalgia for the old black ops. But part of what made those, those was a good story. So I guess we have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like I wonder if like four games down the line, there's going to be no story again and then they're going to have to reboot it. And like I have good story again. Like, I wonder <laughs> if this is just a vicious cycle of them not giving a shit and just trying to cash out on a multiplayer. You know what I mean? Just reboot after reboot after reboot. Yeah. Oh, they're going to squeeze every little bit dry, just like they did Assassin's Creed, just like they do every fucking game. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only the good studios that manage to avoid that. Like, the best thing I can come up with is God of War. Like, God of War, I mean, like, I guess they're squeezing it dry, but that last one was like a fucking masterpiece, so you can't even really say that about yeah. it. You know I, mean, I mean, it's it's like, you can't really squeeze it dry when you put, like, years of effort and, like, give a shit about the story and, you know, don't do loot box shit, you know? Right, Grand Theft Auto 6 will not be squeezing it dry. Squeezing right. it dry is Grand Theft Online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where they're just fucking putting the same shit into it and just cashing out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so so back to you. Cool. Uh, that's what I've been playing. Um, so what else have you been watching? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been watching a TV show on HBO Max. Um, it's called How To with John Wilson. And um, it's short. It's only like six episodes. Um, and I don't quite know how to describe it because it's not a comedy per se, cause, but there are funny moments, but it, it's not, it's like a documentary, but not quite. So what it is, is this guy, his name is John Wilson and he's the, the framing of the show is that he's doing like how to, but each device, how, how to like, so the first one's like how to do small talk mm-hmm. and then, um, and the second one is called. And like how to do scaffolding, like the ones on buildings and stuff. <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting because it like he like documents his whole life and he like frames the show with the footage that he has. But the I've only watched three episodes. I have three to go. But the way that the three have gone so far is that it starts with something and then he sort of gets distracted and the show makes this hard left uh, where it follows like this weird character that he meets. But they're real people. They're like it's like a documentary. Okay. Um, it's, it's not, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. Like, it's not funny, but it's just wild. What, like he's basically documenting, documenting his whole life. Is it like and, a, just a giant fucking like, huh? <laughs> like like sometimes that. it comes out funny and then other times you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, if you, did you ever watch the show Nathan for you? I was, so I've never watched it, but I, well, I've never watched a lot of it. I've watched like a random episode here or there. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, this kind of sounds like the same kind of thing as Nathan for you. Because it's not like exactly a comedy. Like it's definitely meant to be funny. Yeah. But like it's not filmed like a comedy. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, like it's him doing shit and just doing it in a weird way that like mm-hmm. makes you laugh. But yeah. it's not like he's like fucking pointing at the camera. You know what I mean? Like he's not doing like gym stairs into the camera. Right, right. Like applause. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And in just like that one, well, that one's a little bit more funny. That one, I think, is more like, right. I would say, TV-friendly, like, yeah. for the normal person to watch. But it's the same sort of thing where it's like you put a camera in somebody's face and they just become this weird, like, I don't know, they, they don't quite know, like, normal people. Like, not, like, comedians, but just like the regular Joe Schmo on the street. They don't know how to act when you put a camera in their face. And it's the same sort of understanding of it. But I... So I, I've liked them. I've, I've more appreciated the first three than, like, liked them. I've been like, holy shit, like, this is nuts. More than, mm -hmm. like, this is amazing. Although I have heard that the season finale, this episode six, is amazing. So yeah. I'll, I'll come back next week with more, like, in-depth thoughts about the series. But as a whole, I would say I, I don't think I've ever seen a show quite like this. Like, it's, it's extremely unique. I don't think I've ever had a hard time sort of describing something like this or I've had as hard a time describing something like this. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I feel like I've seen on Twitter like three or four different things. Like I haven't watched the show. Mm -hmm. I don't follow like a whole bunch of like film critics or TV critics. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't follow many of those people. So it, it, it but every article I've seen about it is just like basically like a um. I don't really know what the fuck this show is, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's good. Or like, what is this show doing? I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Like, what is it yeah. trying to achieve? Who knows? That's exactly it. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, I, like, I, I was because I was talking to um, our friend Travis last night about it, and he mm -hmm. has seen it. And I was like, well, I, I don't know how to describe it, dude. Like, how would you tell a friend? He likes it, too. But I was like, I, I, it's not a comedy. Like, how do you recommend this to someone? Like, recommend, yeah, yeah. If you like, want to watch something, say, have no idea what the it. fuck's going on. Like, this is what you watch. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so and I, it's I not trying to deliberately confuse you into not knowing what's going on. You're just not going to get it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I told um, my girlfriend, Sydney, I was like, look... Like, well, her, we both watched, well, I watched Nathan for you years ago, but she watched it recently. And so we mm -hmm. both have watched it. And I was like, so this is similar and it's very unique. I wouldn't say, I would say, give it a shot. Watch it. Let's watch an episode and then mm -hmm. see what you think. Because for Nathan, for you, I was like, watch this. Like, like it's like one of the funniest shows ever. Like, please watch it. Like, like some of the stuff is fucking nuts. And, and the season finales for each one of those seasons for that show are all like amazing and they go far beyond what the conceit of the show is mm -hmm. um and i was like so i was like it's much easier to recommend that one and so i told her and she right. loved it but then this one i was like well it's kind of the same but i would say like give it a chance <laughs> and then if you like it we'll watch some more so i, I she's in she's watched the three that i have and then um we're gonna finish the the last three so i'll have more thoughts on the thing as a whole uh next week um but yeah but for now i would say check it out um where can you watch I, it oh oh sorry uh hbo max okay yeah hbo max yep all right um so yeah definitely check that out um check out hunt for the wilder people and don't play cold war unless you're a god at call of duty um <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where i would go with that um so what should we hit next? Should we hit the um, um, we could the, do the, the news HBO. about HBO Max since yeah, we yeah. just brought it up? Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Uh, go ahead and start. Um, and speaking of HBO Max, um, right before we started recording, I think about four or five hours ago, there was huge news, like huge, 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 huge movie news that came out, which is that uh, Warner Brothers is moving their entire 2021 slate um to match the strategy that they're going to do for Wonder Woman 1984. So okay. in about three weeks, 
Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be released in theaters um, simultaneously with uh, a, a premiere in, on uh, HBO Max. And I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and we were both like, well, that sucks. You know, I kind of wish they would have waited. But now they're moving everything over to the platform. Um, and so the strategy is that they're gonna the movie's going to come out in theaters, HBO Max for a month, and then in theaters the remainder of the time. Um, and so, yeah, so this is huge. I mean, this is like yeah, the first that's one. fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, this is like the first, like, this isn't like little dilly-dallying, like, we're pushing 10 in two weeks. We're pushing spec- uh, no, no Time to Die three months. You know, it's not that little push. This is like paradigm shift. This is like a new way of releasing shit kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, there's no way they're going to make any sort of money doing this, right? Like... Right. Like, there's no way they're going to walk away from this and be like, that really saved us. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, it's basically just like a super, like, last, like, we need to keep up with Disney Plus and Netflix. And so we're just, we're like, what is it called? Like a fucking, like, not a fire show, but it's like, it, it, it almost go. Like, we're go pulling out all the stops to get this done. Do you think that's why they're doing it, is to bolster HBO Max, or do you think it's a combination of that with, like, we have too much shit on the schedule? Like, like, because like, mm-hmm. the further these things get pushed back, there have been other things in production, you know what I mean? Like, like we're, do you think they're just, like, that we just, it's all getting fucking jammed up, so we just need to start moving at this point, or, or do you think it's just the HBO Max thing? I, I really do think it's the HBO Max thing. I, I think, um, you know, Netflix is huge. And, of course, you know, sort of how they operate is um, a message or a signal in its own. But then I, I know that Disney Plus is or Disney is placing Disney Plus in its streaming as sort of um, its crown jewel since the theme parks are kind of not doing great. And you right. know, everything else is sort of lagging there. That's going to be like their cash cow or their workhorse for the next year and year and some change. And so I'm sure, you know, Warner Brothers was like, well, what do they know that we don't, right? Like, they must know, Disney and their investors must know something for them to place this much effort on it. Mm-hmm. And we've already spent so much fucking money on HBO Max. And they spent, I think, there were rumors that they spent like $500 million on the rights to South Park or something ridiculous like that. Jesus, Yeah, actually, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. And so they, they put all this money into it. And I, I, I don't know what their numbers are but i i think that they had a big like a lot of people signed up at first and then they kind of it hasn't been as big as they had expected mm-hmm. um mostly because I, I know there was a lot of confusion when it first dropped but i think more 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 and more people are signing on and i think you know i like hbo max a lot and so i think they just want to keep up with them too I, th- I don't think they want to get lost in the shuffle you know especially with apple tv also coming online and then peacock also happening and uh like, yeah, realistically, there's just way too fucking many of them, right? right. Like, like even even if you enjoy, like, even if you're like, oh, I have subscription to all of them and I find value in all of them, at some point you have to be like, this is still fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, right. Like, so, li- hold on. All right, let's go top of the head. There's Netflix, the gold standard. Yeah. Um, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Hulu. Hulu. Apple TV. I Disney think there's Plus. YouTube TV, right? I think that's sort of... No, that's like a different thing, right? They kind of let that that's go, like a yeah. broadcasting kind of... Okay. So Disney Plus. Yeah. Did we already say Apple TV? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you have the Amazon Prime Video, right? Mm-hmm. 
You have fucking Peacock, which is new, right? Yeah. You you had um, Qu- Quibi, Quibi, rest in peace, uh, sweet prince. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you had yeah, it's CBS. Um, it's, and it's then, just like, fuck. ESPN kind of is is doing that like with its documentaries and its yeah. thirty for thirties. It's it's much more streamlined. Like you know exactly what you're getting, but yeah. It, that kind of fits in there with like Crunchyroll and Funimation, which is like, yeah. yes, it's just anime, but it's like it's a separate streaming service if you want anime. You right. know, what I mean? like uh, Shutter, the Shutter. one for horror movies, bro. It's all the way blown the fuck up. Like this mm-hmm. is, is madness. <laughs> yeah, and so and they're like, oh look, it's only six dollars, but it's like, yeah, it's six dollars for you, twelve dollars for you Netflix, seven dollars for you Hulu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The only reason why I think I'm going to eventually have Disney Plus is that there's a bundle with ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu, like mm-hmm. for twelve ninety nine or something like that, or maybe it's seven ninety nine a month. Either way, I was like, I guess I can do that because I'm cutting cable out. But yeah. like, it, it's like, it's just too much. You, like every week we have a different show that you've watched, and you're like, this one's on Apple TV, this one's on, this one's on Netflix, this one's on like Disney. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like fuck. <laughs> um, I'm going through all my free trials so fast. Uh-huh. Um, and they actually got rid of the free trial ahead of the Wonder Woman release. So. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the, hey, smart, though. I, yeah. Like, that's when I'm like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, I get it. <laughs> you mm-hmm, had to mm-hmm. do that. And so the the movies included in this are, um, I mean, some of these I don't really know. It's uh, one called, like, The, the Little Things, uh, Judah, Judas and the Black Messiah. And that one I saw the trailer for, and that one looks very good. That one's about Fred Hampton. I hadn't heard all of it. I hadn't heard of it at all. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, this looks fucking dope. Yeah, it, yeah. It's got uh, Meth Damon and... Oh, has Meth Damon? Mm. Meth Damon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meth Damon from fucking yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. That like was the Meth nickname of all time. Like, <laughs> that man got that nickname in a show. Because his Meth Damon doesn't work outside of Breaking Bad, but guess what? It's still fucking Meth Damon, <laughs> and he's so good. He's good in everything that he's in. Um, uh, Keith Stanfield. Um, who's the guy uh, from Daniel, Get Out? Daniel Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that looks really good. Uh, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla versus King Kong. That was um, huge. Mortal Kombat. I just Mortal looked Kombat. at this fucking list mm-hmm. and saw that, and that movie's gonna be so fucking bad. But let's go. <laughs> Those who wish me dead. Uh, the Conjuring, the third one. It's it's the Devil Made Me Do It is the subtitle. Uh, In the Heights, the musical, the Space Jam, a new legacy, the new Space Jam movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Suicide Squad, which is huge. Uh, Reminiscence. So, which so is... hold on. What is what is this? Because we had the Suicide Squad, right? And it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we have the Suicide Squad. So is this like a one movie later reboot? Like, like sort of. The... So yeah, yeah. So it's like a, it's like one of those classics, like where they take away or they add a the, and that's supposed to change it. So oh, the 2016 okay. one was just Suicide Squad, and this one is the Suicide Squad. Ah, um, yes. And this one, like Fast and Furious. Too fast, yeah, the Too fast, fast and Furious. And furious. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like the Batman, and then <laughs> the ones coming out, or they take away a the. Um, okay. So, like, Blade will prob- probably be The Blade or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, and so, yeah, so in 2016, you know, the, the other one came out and it was shit. So they got um, Warner Brothers in that time when James Gunn was fired from Disney um, from doing the Guardians movies. They got him and they were like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to do, like, a sequel? And so they got James Gunn to come on and write a whole new different uh, type of 
take on it. I think it's it's he says it's the biggest budget he's ever worked with, and he said that Jesus. they let him do rated R. So it's gonna be nuts, and it's got like John Cena and Margot Robbie and Idris Elba and a bunch of other huge stars, uh, Michael Rooker and Yo, Polka Dot Man and shit. And so if this, all right, so if this fails, right? Like if this mm-hmm. comes out and it's trash, is is there anybody that has worse luck? jumping into like a series or a movie than Idris Elba like (laughs) everything he touches fails and I don't feel like he's the reason but like everyone like he had the wire that was good but like Hobbs and Shaw no like that probably wasn't your fault you know what I mean like right no Dark Uh, Tower Dark Tower was one of the worst movies ever made um that might be a stretch because there's three Star Wars movies (laughs) Um, the original trilogy exists, but, uh, there's that. And then, um, God, what was, there was another one he was in, I feel like, but anyways, and then if Suicide Squad flops, I'm going to be like, bro, they just need to stop casting you. I like you, but you just need to stop being in movies. Right. (laughs) Especially because this is, like I said, the the budget is huge. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm excited for it because I like, I like James Gunn and I trust him, but we'll see how it goes, especially with this release. Um, Reminiscence, I don't know what that is. Malignant, I don't know what that is. Uh, Dune. Sorry, I'm just looking at the the, um, Suicide Squad poster. Sorry to pull you back to this. It looks like Pete Davidson's in it. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they kept the same... Is this the same guy that played the fucking uh, Boomerang? Boomerang, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Boomerang. Oh, my God. And they got the the creepy guy from The Dark Knight to play uh, Polka Dot Man. Okay, I saw. I was like, "Who the fuck is this, bro?" Like, <laughs> and Peter is Capaldi, that a real guy? Is like, like uh, Polka Dot Man a real thing that like yeah. exists in a comic? Mm-hmm. And then Sean Gunn, who plays Rock, who plays like the CGI Rocket Raccoon, he plays a character called Weasel. Okay, if, I'll send you the trailer after this, or like it wasn't a trailer; it was like a, a Comic Con like uh, making of. Okay, second where they all like this. This is crazy. They you know we never worked on anything like this before. Uh, King Shark is in it too. Yeah, I so saw. Be... I was like, okay, this is. I don't feel good about this movie, bro. Like, <laughs> just the more people I see, I'm like, there's legitimately just a CGI shark. Like, it's fucking Finding Nemo. It's like fish are friends, not food. <laughs> like, I expect him to say that at some point in this fucking movie. I, I'm. I. I guess we'll see. We'll see on uh, from our couches in a couple months. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Dune was the last one you said. Sorry. Dune, which is fucking huge. Right. Big and gigantic budget. Uh, the Many Saints of uh, Newark, King Richard, Cry Macho, and I, I don't know anything about those three. And then, of course, The Matrix 4, um, which is also massive. So in there, I mean, Godzilla vs. Kong, Suicide Squad, Dune, and The Matrix all probably cost probably a, com- a combined billion dollars. Easy. Yeah, that's that's a big chunk of change. And and then the little ones, the rest of them too. So I mean, they're saying that um, it's just like a one year thing. It's just like it's just like a, you know we're gonna get through twenty twenty one and then twenty twenty two we're back to normal. But you know, God knows if this is like a Pandora's box, and then this is just like people are like, no, we like it on HBO Max. We love you know like 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 Prime or like Amazon, where you right. would go, oh, you know, I'll use this for stuff that I don't need. But then you end up going, oh, I need toilet paper. Let me prime it. 
right? Just yeah. from the ease of it. So, like, yes, maybe at the beginning people were like, well, I'll just get Prime just for stuff that, you know, I can't just get at the store willy-nilly, like a, like a Halloween costume or, you know, little knickknacks or shit that, it, that I can't just be, like, going to Walmart for. But then now people use it for detergent, for groceries, so this could be the, you know, it, it changes. It, it's a, you know, we've talked about before about movie theaters since we started this podcast because of the quarantine. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen because shit's always changing. But it's definitely the first time where a studio goes, no, we're not just pushing back a movie or no, we're not just dropping it. We're literally changing our whole way of distributing. Right. And, and I, again, I think the only reason why I still think movie theaters are going to be fine is that, like, well, I guess not necessarily fine, but, like, they, they will continue to exist and have a place is mm. that, again, as I said before, I don't see how Warner Brothers is going to recoup any sort of the amount of money that they spent on these, right. recoup them through just subscriptions. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, that money is going to have to start coming back to a movie theater. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine any other way. It. I, I guess maybe what they wanted... We said that about Netflix, but, hey, Netflix is fucking balling out big-budget films now and just fucking... I guess still raking in, uh, just, hey, they were flexed with cash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're raking in money, but they're also insanely in debt. Yeah. Um, I think they're like a couple of billion dollars in debt. Um, So I don't know how the, but then again, so is Uber. But who the fuck knows how that uh, accounting works on their end. You you know what? It's all horse shit. Like, that's the thing, though, is that, like, real quick before fucking, I'm not going to turn this into like any sort of economics lessons because one, Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear it. Two, I'm not that great with economics, but like I feel like so much of the economy is just like horseshit. Like the stock market as a whole, I'm like that's kind of just horseshit. Like, (laughs) like, like Amazon, even Amazon, which makes tons of money, is still like I imagine the expenditures they have to have just outweigh it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and people are just like, all right, here's the here's the thing. If someone can literally just be like, I'm buying stock in Amazon, and, and then like two fucking minutes later be like, I sold stock in Amazon and made money. Like, this whole thing's fake. Like, yeah. like this it's, like, uh... like, it's not it's not real. Because the thing is, is that fucking Amazon didn't change anything in that two fucking minutes. Like, Amazon right. is still the same thing, so why did its value go up? Like, if you were to be able to make money. And it's not like, it's, it's not like having stock is actually any legitimate form of ownership you know what i mean especially when a company gets that big you know what i mean like it's not like you with your fucking 10 stock is gonna have any say in how anything runs so it's like right. this is all fucking dog shit anyways yeah i mean it's like how matthew mcconaughey says says in the uh, wolf of wall street you know he's like you know it's 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 all a fugazi you know it's a wazi it's a woozy it, it doesn't exist it's very dusty it's, you know you can't exactly it. yeah and people use yeah. that as a basis for, like, how the actual economy is doing. Get the fuck out of here, bro. All right. right. So let's continue. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, Netflix is in debt, but what the fuck does that mean? Because people can just be like, well, look at all the subscribers we have. And then banks will be like, yes, we'll give you more money. That, that <laughs> yes, looks good. right. And they'll be like, we're putting more socks out for sale. And people are going to be like, I'm buying this stock. Like, it's yeah. just like, they can just do whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think what they want to do is just release these so that they can also release them internationally. Where it's not as big of an issue? Where it's not as... I, I mean, wonder sh- what. <laughs> shit is bad everywhere, but I mean, like, it's not as bad. You know, people are still going to movies in China and, and other places, right? So, so what I think they want to do is, like, they think, well, 
we can't release them overseas and not release them here. Yeah, but if we release that, them all here, that's gonna mean is that it's gonna get pirated. <laughs> like, right, right, exactly. So it's like if of. if we release them here and overseas, but don't release them digitally here, then if somebody's gonna you know if somebody has HBO Max, but they go, well, I want to watch this movie, but I don't want to go to the movies, then they'll just pirate it, or they'll go to one, two, three movies or whatever sites people use. But allegedly. if Allegedly. But if people go, like, if I have HBO Max, I don't want to go to the movies, but I want to watch it, then I'll just I'll sign up this, for it, right? Yeah, I'll it's, pay this $8 a month or whatever it is. Right, right. There's, like, some people who maybe are, are, are on the fence who use those websites, but maybe hate having to go through ads, or they don't want to they want to put it on their TV, or, or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, right. right, what have you. So it's kind of like, well, we're going to release it overseas, we're going to release, release it here, but we might as well have like a band-aid catch-all thing that prevents it from um sort of falling through the cracks and getting pirated but what i think that's going to happen is that they're doing this solution for one year but they don't realize that they're sort of poisoning the well water and nobody's going to want to go back or i don't think as big as before so they're sort of going for short-term gains rather than thinking about the long term but then again that's you know, like every fucking business ever created like i don't know why this is yeah. turned into what it's about but like Every business. I remember reading an article where they were like, Facebook was like able to, they, they like behind the scenes were ranking the trustworthiness of like certain outlets and then mm-hmm. trying to only put like legitimate trustworthy like news sites. And they did it. They did it for a while. And they were like, and, and they're like, it's a much better experience. Like everyone seems to, to, like everything seems to be better. This was during the election basically. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then they noticed that in their like uh, statistics or, uh, analytics that like less people were interacting with Facebook while it was like this, and they were like, "Nope, we're going nope. back to the dog Flip the shit. switch. Flip it back. <laughs> they're like, they're like, like, like toxicity on full blast. <laughs> right. Mark Zuckerberg was like, "Let's put let's flip the truth switch." They and were then like, he yeah. saw his, his wet net worth go down. So he was like, "Flip it back. Flip it back. <laughs> flip it back." Trump is is an undercover agent trying to unearth the fuck. <laughs> we need to get the uncles back on in, on Facebook. Yeah, we need to get every old geriatric gullible person back here and flood them with dog shit so they keep coming back. Exactly. They're like, like the thing was, the article was like, it's surprising that they didn't like, they didn't at all factor in like, oh, this helps like our our brand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Facebook mm-hmm. as a more trustworthy place would be have like a better image. They're like, right. nah, bro, less interactions, flip it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, it was um. Nate Silver, who said that, he was like, you would think that they would want to trust the brand. It was, would... it was either Nate Silver or Chris Hayes. I think it, I think you're right, though. I think it was Nate Silver. It's like, you think they would take into account, like, the brand, like, uh, right. the trustworthiness, be... like, the, the public opinion. And they were like, nope. No, nope, <laughs> fuck that. Let's make like, money. Two more logins like... per day from everyone. Bang. <laughs> exactly. Like, New York Times, like, in 50 years, they want to be, like, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Facebook. The LA Times, right? Like, they yeah. would want to be there, but they, they're they like, no, nah. nah, fuck that. We love money too much. <laughs> they're like, but, nah, we just peddle that bright bar shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, but uh, but yeah, but we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'll watch Wonder Woman um, on, you know, when it comes out on Christmas, like we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Um, hopefully, I mean, God knows what, where shit will be next year, but hopefully by the time that, you know, something like, dune or godzilla versus king kong there's like a way to see them in theaters because that i mean those those like the little ones like the conjuring i don't give a shit you know right but those are like made 
they put all this money into them. The Matrix Four, right? Like the Matrix Four, like that I was never the watched last... that. There was a there was a clip I think they posted and I and I saw it retweeted mm-hmm. by a guy who does the game uh, the video game awards that mm-hmm. I follow on Twitter. He retweeted it and it was like it was just flipping rapidly through all the titles mm-hmm. that like it were going to end up on HBO Max and then the very last one was the Matrix Four and I was like what <laughs> like like that's a wild decision to make like that one maybe like you said like that one Dune maybe maybe you should have held on to those <laughs> but again right. what the fuck do I know. Exactly, like, yeah, so, we'll see. It yeah. just, you know, just sucks. I do think, I do think, like I said, though, I think the difference between, like, the Facebook thing we're talking about, like, with short-term game over long-term game, is I don't, like, for Facebook, I think it's sustainable, because, like, realistically, just, like, if you can point to more people logging in, you can point to more ad revenue. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can be like, that's the money. But, like, I, I don't know that, like, more subscription will ever outweigh, like, box office you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so yep. i think i do think uh, like as much as people may like be against warner brothers when they stop doing that you know what i mean like after a year of doing it everyone's like i kind of want it on hbo max and warner brothers is like fuck that we're going back to just theaters as much as people may get be complacent and not want to deal with that i i think just all you have to do if you're warner brothers is just like put your feet in the sand like dig dig in you know what i mean and be like yeah no, it's be just like... theaters and people will be like all right right yeah then, then be <laughs> Then yeah, we'll see you in six months, right? Yeah. Be like, all right, you don't want to see it in theaters? Then I'll see you in six months. Right. Um, two like two things you were saying. Um, you know when they go back, they're like, it, it, oh, oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, the conversation also isn't the same. Like it's not a one to one, right? Like it's not. Um, it's not like, oh, you know, when a movie comes out in theaters and it does big budget and people talk about it. It'll be the same if it's at home. And we've seen that that's not the case when, you know, even this year with shit right. like, you know, Tiger King came and comes and goes in a month and people aren't going to talk about it by, you know, next March. Right. Right. And even Queen's Gambit, as much as we liked it, it's sort of fading now. And are people going to talk about it, you know, in the way that they talk about The Dark Knight or Gladiator or right. Back to the Future or, you know, those movies that were in theaters. And, and I, I just feel like that sort of release... And then conversation around it and reporting around it makes a movie an event, right? Makes something right. And it is a cultural event. touchstone. It is an event as long as it is in theaters. You know what I mean? Which may be yes. a month, two months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then, it sort of adds a prestige to it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. so I think, I do think it will eventually just, they'll go back to theaters despite possibly opening Pandora's box. I just think the people in charge won't, there's not enough in in it for them to just stick with you know what i mean like right i i just can't imagine them being like look at all these subscriptions though and like nobody being like look at the amount of money you lost in the theater <laughs> like, right 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 and um you know you were saying warner brothers if they put their foot in the sand and the consumer goes i mean all right okay i guess we'll go back it reminds me of that airplane bit i think i've talked about it here before from a comedian who passed away recently um but he talks about um, how he rented a car from the airport. I think I've said this before, but if I haven't, if I have, I don't sorry, so. repeat. But if I haven't, so it, he rents a car when he's at a, in a city, and then um, he wakes up late when he's gonna fly out, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Shit!" He packs all his shit, drives to the airport, puts it, uh, you know, parks right, you know, right in front of the airport, and he like just goes because he's gotta catch his flight. And then he gets a call from the rental company and they're like, 
hey, man, you got to return your car. Where, where are you? And he goes, oh, sorry, I left it out in front of the airport. You can go pick it up there. It's right there. And then the guy goes, hey, man, you can't do that. <laughs> All right, we'll go pick it up. Right? Like, he, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to not pick up your car, right? Exactly. I just think about that all the time when people, you know, you go, dude, come on, you can't do that. All right, we'll go pick it up, right? Like, <laughs> right. he's an asshole, but that's how it's going to be. Warner Brothers going to be like, no, you got to wait six months or come see it in theaters. And the consumer is going to go, hey, I'm not going to pay. All right, what time does it start? 7.30? Yeah, okay. exactly. Give me it's, seat A, B, or A2, A1. It's what happens every, like, for the past, like, three or four years. 2K has kind of just turned into, like, just a money pit. Because, like, mm-hmm. there's, you can sink, like, an immense amount of time into it. Or you can just buy their currency and speed up that process. And it's, like, and, and it's all super transparent. Because it's, like, weird artificial time sinks. It's not, like... It's like you get experience at a normal rate to like level mm-hmm. your character up, but then there's randomly just gates like like and it's like oh you have to play like this many more games to like unlock this to use the rest of the experience. So it ends up just like this super artificial that everyone can point to and be like this is clearly just you trying to get me to pay for this. Mm-hmm. And, and so like it's just like that. It's like every year people are like this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. This is just a money grab. It's garbage. And in 2K it's like. Well, you can wait till next year when we put out another one and it's the exact same. And people are like, all right, I want to play basketball video game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, exactly like that. So we'll see how it goes and hopefully the movies are good. And Yeah, hopefully the experience yeah. isn't too trashed by being on a just streaming platform at home. Right. So um, we'll go from that to, um, should we just go to the songs uh, of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. we can end it. We can end it here, and then do the, the last topic next week or something. Okay. So, do you want to just? You gave ten, and I have five. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to just do two? And... We can either do two and one, or mm-hmm. if you wanted to say what six through ten are, and then you could do your top five, and I could do my top five, whichever you'd rather do. Uh, let's do uh, two and one, and then we'll just count down from ten to one and five to one. Okay. All right. So, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, sort of to give a little bit of background, I sort of picked these over the course of the last week, week and a half. I sort of go, all right, well, which songs do I like a lot? Which songs have I listened to? And then I just kind of put them all in like a like a 15-song list, and then I just rank them, and then I cut off the other five. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's funny because this week uh, Spotify released people's uh, wrapped 2020, yeah. you know, when they the top songs. And mine was all out of whack but because I don't I – didn't, I didn't really uh, – I don't really use Spotify, right. and I used to use it when I was in the office, but I wasn't in the office that much this year because I was working from home, and so it was sort of skewed toward what I was doing earlier in the year. So because of, so for that reason, my number one song on Spotify was The Box. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so in Sydney, I was like, I don't think I, I've listened to The Box all the way through twice. But the reason Body that rich, it was right? number one was because it was back when it was trying to be number one and trying to beat out Justin Bieber. Yeah, and, and it, I remember someone was like, the song of the year is The Box by Roddy Rich because they had Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez out here acting a fool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was like, these people are starving. So I'm just going to play The Box on repeat, mute that shit, and just let the plays just go. Right. <laughs> and so what ended up skewing was like, Roddy Rich is one of your top artists. I don't even like Roddy Rich like that. <laughs> I don't even like the box like that. I actually, I think he's kind of a plant. I think he's an, he's an industry plant. I was like, I've never heard of this guy before, 2020, and he just comes out of nowhere. I don't like him. 
But anyway, so he's my number one. <clears throat> my number one. So I looked at my like top twenty twenty songs, right? Yeah. So I had kind of this. Well, not really the same scenario, but like I. So we got this. We talked that we were going to do this topic last week. I uh, foolishly forgot about it till like Wednesday night, and it was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to come up with these songs. And to my defense, uh, I. I have five. We talked that I was only going to have five before we recorded this. So this is not a judgment directly upon me not giving enough time to think about this. But um, I looked Wednesday night in my Spotify, like, top 2020 songs, being like, well, maybe this will help me figure out, like, remind me. Not a single goddamn one of those songs are from 2020, bro. They were all older <laughs> songs just had on repeat on a giant playlist. Oh, I was fucking no good. Bro, like, Mo Bamba was on there. I was like, God damn it. Well, <laughs> like, this is supposed to help me, goddammit. <laughs> and then and then another one, well, like, my top five was, like, three Billie Eilish songs, but that's because at the beginning of the year, right before uh, the pandemic started, we went to her concert, and what, what I usually do is that I, when before I go to a concert, I make, like, a playlist of all of their songs and mm-hmm. all of their albums, and I just play that shit on, on shuffle. You're like, I need to know the lyrics to every song when they play. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, I want to be, like, in the zone. It's kind of like when you watch... Uh, the first movie when the sequel is about to come out, just so that you can get refreshed. Oh right? yeah, in the zone. Bro, when a new and, Rocky movie came out, like when Creed mm-hmm. first came out, it's like I'm watching all these fucking Rocky movies again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so you want to do that, and so that's what I was doing. And so like, it's like the box, <laughs> and like three Billy songs, and then I forget what the fourth one was. I don't even think it was a 2020 song. So I was <laughs> like, damn, I gotta, I gotta do a better job of using my Spotify next year. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, so I'll start. My number ten is uh, Life Is Good. Featuring Drake by Future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, you know, just regular rap song. And he, he, it's just the two of them and gives you those, you know, nothing was the same. No, nothing was the same. If, uh, what a time to be alive. Yeah, what vibes. a time to be alive. Um, you know, and it's got a great beat switch. The music video is great. And that's my number 10. Not much to say. It's just kind of one of those classic Drake songs that, you know, not much there. But, you know, yeah. it's it's like it's a great popcorn, right? Right. All right. And, and then... Number nine is POV by Ariana Grande. And then this is the best song from her album Positions, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, and it's great. And she, I mean, her voice has always been great. And she sounds great on it. Um, it's about uh, sort of her meeting this guy and being in love with him. But her self-esteem not being where she wants it to be or not where she would like it to be. And see, she says that she would like to see herself from his point of view. And so it's about sort of being like, I wish I could love myself as much as you love me. And yeah. uh, and so that, that's it. And it's the best song off of the album. Um, and I wish more of the album was more like this one. But mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's it's um, it's a standout single in an album that is just pretty okay. Right. So if, if you were to look at my list, um, you are not going to find any real fucking themes or messages or ideas. <laughs> it, it just that, that's not the music I listen to. Um, so one of my problems with this, right, is that like I drive forty five minutes to work mm. every day and drive forty five minutes home every day, five days a week. Um, I listen to the radio that whole time because I don't have a proper aux cord. Um, or Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. I'm just fucking rolling with it. And the problem is, is that one, most of the shit on the radio drones together for me, um, which <laughs> sounds super washed, but it's the truth. Um, 
and it may just be because once you listen to the radio, like so much of it is the same song. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even necessarily mean like it all sounds the same. But like after you listen to the radio for like two days, if you're gonna listen to it for forty five minutes at a time, mm-hmm. two days, you're like I know every fucking song that's gonna come on this radio, and so you just drone it out. You know what I mean? Like it, it like <laughs> doesn't even fucking work anymore unless yeah. you're really fucking into it. Um, right. So on top of that, the way I've always listened to music is like I. I almost always just find an album from someone I like and then listen to the album. Like, I don't give a shit about singles at all. Like, they do Mm -hmm. not interest me at all, Um, usually. Uh, The problem is is that my previous job, I sat at a desk and could use Spotify for the PC, which lets you just play whatever you want, anytime you want, in any order you want. Right. I don't have that job anymore. So now I have a Spotify on my phone, which throws random fucking songs in there mm-hmm. and, and, and ads. And so, like, you never really get, like... To me, like, the reason I listen to an album is I listen to an album from beginning to end, not on shuffle, no skips, to mm-hmm. first figure out, like, the like you get, like, a feel for what the album should be. Right. You don't fucking get that when it's throwing in a random fucking song from nobody you've heard after two tracks and then another one and then it goes back to the album and it's not exactly. in order. Exactly, yep, yep. So I was like, this shit's cashed out. So this year, top five songs is especially hard because I haven't listened to any albums and then been able to pick out specific songs on specific albums I liked. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my number five is a dirty pleasure for me. Uh, he's... <sighs> Boy... He he does the same thing Two Chains does for me, which is that like it's it's ridiculous. I know it's not good, but I don't give a fuck. Like there's there's the beats usually good enough. There's enough dumb lines that make me laugh every fucking time. Um, so my song, my fifth song is Steve Austin by Young Gravy featuring Young mm-hmm. Dolph. And my favorite thing about Young Gravy is he's like a tall, goofy, skinny, rich white dude. I'm pretty sure he's rich. I don't know for sure, but he, I feel like his family has money. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, he started off as just a joke, basically. But, like, lately he's had, like, a song with Lil Baby. He's had Young Dolph. He's got, like, some big names on his albums. I'm like, holy shit. Like, can you imagine being Young Dolph and walking in and this dude's on the fucking other end? And you're like, guess I'm making a song with this fucking guy. <laughs> Right, and you're like... But then you see the paycheck when he's paying you for the feature, and you're like, fuck it, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, like this guy was making some joke jokes, and now he actually sounds good. Like, okay. I was going to say, I was like, is this the kid who does that that video on YouTube where he's like, Robert Downey Jr.? You see that one (laughs) No, I haven't. That sounds amazing. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I sent you two of this guy's songs. I don't know if you remember one of them was Mr. Clean, where he's in a bathrobe the whole time, and then I showed you Alley Hoop with Lil Baby. Yes, yes, okay, that was him, okay. Yeah, so anyways, like it started off kind of as a joke and terrible, but like lately he's actually gotten decent, and this Mm -hmm. one's pretty decent. I I really like it. So yeah, Steve Austin by Young Gravy featuring Young Doll. So anyways, so we'll go to your list now. Um, So you're at eight, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, number eight for me is Cardigan by Don Tolliver, and he is, I think, he either works with Travis Scott or he's one of his, like, guys signed to his le- to his, t- to his uh, label or whatever, but um, he was in the song... Fuck, what song was he on? On Astroworld. Um, but he's, he's, he's like a lot of auto-tune, that same sort of sound, okay. um, but it just sounds awesome. <clears throat> And I haven't heard much of his much other 
stuff from him. This is like the first song that sort of caught my ear. Yeah, I've never um, even fucking heard of him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what fucking song he's on. It's Astro World. I'll I'll mention it later after I look it up. But yeah, so this song's great. It's sort of like uh, that sort of Travis Scott sound, but not sort of more uh, subdued. Right. Uh, but uh, but it's great. Um, and yeah, so that's my number eight, uh, Cardigan. It's okay. a great song to just sort of listen and just kind of relax to. And, you know, it's not, not super crazy, but it's also not like a ballad, right? Right. <clears throat> and so uh, then my number seven is actually a cover. And I was actually thinking about not putting this one on there. But then I was like, well, I think Johnny Cash won like song of the year for doing the cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. So if they can do that, then I can put this one on my list. Okay. But it's. Uh, Heart of Glass uh, by Miley Cyrus, um, which is a cover from a Blondie song by the same name, um, also called Heart of Glass, um, and it's it's great, and she sounds great in it. Um, so I've I've like I have liked some of her songs throughout the years. I haven't been a huge fan. I liked uh, <clears throat> uh, Party in the USA. Everybody likes that song. I liked um, yeah. There's a version even, of Party in the USA. Where mm-hmm. it's it's that with um, Biggie's party and bullshit, it's fucking. Bummed. Oh, it's like mixed together. Yeah, it's fucking great. I'm gonna. Send oh, I gotta it to look you. it up. Oh, okay, I gotta look it up fun. after. Yeah, because I like a party in the USA. It's like a go-to sort of you know, a party song before people, you know, when people could do parties. Right. And uh, so I like a Wrecking Ball. You know, sort of like oh, that, you know, she sounds good on it. Um, but I feel like. <clears throat> They've always tried to fit her voice into something more like pop. Right. Uh, but then for this one, they sort of let her do more of a rock voice. And she sounds great on it. Yeah. And you go, holy shit, she could have been doing this the whole time. Like a Steve, like a young Stevie Nicks kind of sound. Right. But then she wanted yeah. to be a culture vulture for part of it. So. Exactly. She wanted to be like up there with, what, uh, what's that guy's name? Robin Thicke. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. She's she out here wearing fucking that. Jordan like, dress. I, I was like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm glad she sort of found her lane and she's doing this now. And I think I heard her album that just came out was uh, solid. So um, I might give it a chance later sometime. Maybe, like I said, I'm not not a huge fan, but I thought she sounded great in this. The song is great, of course. Um, And so, yeah, so it's uh, Heart of Glass by Miley Cyrus at seven for me. All right. So now we're going to my fourth song. Um, And my fourth song uh, is, is... going to be a divisive one i would say uh would you mm-hmm. say looking at the list that it's it's definitely like a very hit or miss song for people uh yeah i, I think more, more hit, than miss. hit yeah more hit than miss but um i, th- it's, I think it, it's that the people that are going to be like that di- like disagree with me disagree extremely hard i think they're yeah. they very strongly disagree you know yeah. you know fucking every application where asked like would do you think it's okay to steal if other people are stealing? And it's like strongly disagree, disagree, yeah. neutral, <laughs> agree strong. Bro, if you disagree, it's strongly disagree every fucking right, time. Right, right. Uh, but you don't, you don't kind of disagree. You're like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could steal something, but maybe not. <laughs> like, I guess I wouldn't. But if it fell into my pocket, I wouldn't take it out. Um, right. But anyways, so my song number four is "Wop" uh, by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, mm-hmm. The beat for this is such a fucking banger. Like, if you... This is one of those songs that every time it it comes on in my car, I'm like, if I had fucking subwoofers in this car, it'd be curtains. I'd be beating down the fucking block. (laughs) And, like, as much as, like... As much as, as, as sus as it is for me to me to be singing the lines in the song, don't give a fuck. There's still bars 
I don't care. Like, I'm going to sit in here, rap the whole song, don't give a fuck. Like, we're yeah, still going I, for it. Yeah, I mean, it's a great song. And I think, you know, I think it'll be up for, like, actual legitimate Grammys next year when she puts it into consideration. Right. Um, I think it's probably the zeitgeistiest song. Like, the one that sort of was in the most popular conversation and I think that was driven also by the certain, like, how strongly disagree the strong disagree people were. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because the like, thing uh, is, is when someone's like, this isn't, uh, like, this isn't what a woman should be doing in the household. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ben Shapiro was like, this yeah. is, yo, they. That P word. This, bro. They got on Ben Shapiro's ass so hard. Do you remember? Because he was like, my wife said this is a medical condition. And people were like, like you've never met a woman wet before? <laughs> Boy. They were on his ass, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and the P word. And uh, you got the P word. Wet ass P word. <laughs> Jesus. God, I hate Ben Shapiro so much. He fucking sucks. <laughs> but anyways, WAP is lit. The beat's a banger. The bars are there for both of them. I like both mm-hmm. of them. Um, so, yeah, that was number four. Cool, cool. And <clears throat> my number six is Something to Rap About uh, by Freddie Gibbs featuring Tyler, the Creator. Um, and so this is my most, like, just straight just fucking bars right just like just rap about like selling crack and like <laughs> something to rap about yo right? so real quick this i looked at your list and if i'm being 100 percent honest right mm. i knew one one of these songs um and it was <laughs> life is good um i knew exactly one of the songs on this list but this this one along with your number one song actually um, were the only ones where I was like, I don't know shit about this song, but I want to go listen to it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, this one, I was like, this sounds right up my alley. Because it sounds like, like I don't listen to a whole lot of Freddie Gibbs, but I know it's like usually some real ignorant drug dealing shit. And I love Tyler, the creator. So fuck it. Like, <laughs> let's go. And I think that whole album was produced by The Alchemist, which is a mm-hmm. producer yep. that I love. Yep. So I was like, yeah. I need to go find this. Yeah, I think actually, I think the the song itself or the album is like the two of them. It's Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, like and or like with, right? Like yeah, it's I not. Think, I think I think the whole album is. Yeah, yeah, and so he talks about, you know, sort of, you know, where he used to be and now he's making money and and sort of like uh, more, um, what is it, Flower Boy lyrics than Igor? Yeah, uh, but you know the the beat is like fantastic. It it it's not quite. Across on Devil in a New Dress, but it's close. Dude. Mm-hmm. Like it's like his voice fits perfectly, and he's got you know we've talked about before. He's got that great rap voice, mm-hmm. and the beat is great. <clears throat> and at the end, I always love it. At the end, he does his verse, and he goes, "Yeah, one take." And he's <laughs> <laughs> and he he fucks up a line where he says, "He says I got a a boat." Let me see if I can find it yet. Uh, he says, I'll be in Mykonos, lemonade, sipping slow, jumping off the water, jumping in the water off that boat I haven't bought yet, bitch. And he says Mykonos, and he goes, yeah, one take in the beat place. And he goes, yeah, I meant to say Mykonos, not Mykonos. <laughs> that always cracks me up. <laughs> uh, but he kills it, dude. It's, it's like verse of the year for me, and he sounds great, and his bars are great. Um, and, I mean, even Freddie sounds good, too. Who I, like, I haven't, he's kind of like Don Tolliver, who I haven't really heard much 
from yeah, before, same. but um, I, I've like heard uh, his name enough. He sounds great. Just like like I recognize the name. You know what I mean? Right, same. More, yep, than, more yep. than I did with uh, Don Oliver, but like yep. I recognize the name, but I don't think I've ever listened to a song he's done. <laughs> right. I keep seeing yeah people talking about it they're like man this album is he just keeps getting better man he just keeps improving and I'm like I, I, I'm like I improving on better. what I because on I don't yeah. fucking know. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, that's my number six. You know who's kind of like that if I'm being a, keeping it a buck. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I know a single fucking Young Jeezy song other than ones that were on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> like I know the I name. Kinda... I know he's supposed to be good, but like I've only ever heard his radio hits. His radio songs. I never right, right. cared to go listen to the rest of them. You're like, I love if I put on, put on for the city, and then I'm like, I need to listen to the rest. Yeah, my favorite, need, what, my favorite, one of my favorite tweets was like, during football season, we used to put put on for my city on as we walked out, and then go out and lose fifty eight to three. And it's great because our school was not good. <laughs> that, it's like that one, um, um, the one tweet that was like, I used to listen to Mini Men before <laughs> basketball games, and then I would foul out by the second quarter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I need to listen to. I always heard that. Um, what was it? Um, TM one hundred one, Thug Motivation. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mo- Thug Motivation one hundred one. I heard that one. One hundred two and one hundred three. I think. So. Yeah, I think one hundred one is. I've heard is like a classic. Yeah. So I, I need to go back and listen to it. Haven't haven't um, listened to it. Yeah, I feel like see, and I feel like that way about Three Six Mafia because there are two songs right there. Sipping on some scissor. It's not one of those, but okay. oh, damn it! Okay, so maybe three, but <laughs> two that I, two that I do that that if somebody was like, your fucking favorite songs, these would be like near the top because they're so good and I I've loved them for fifteen years. Stay fly, and it's stay fly. Yep, yep. yep. And, and I don't know the I don't know the other one. Uh, pop in my collar. Oh yeah, ever since I can't remember, I've been popping my both of those, collar. dude. If you listen to them now, you go. Juicy J was like ahead of his time because they both sound so good now. Fifteen years like afterward, dude. Right. Um, but then the, I don't. I don't think I ever listened to anything else by them. Um, and other than the one I just told you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But that's so, also. I, I, there's one other song they have. Uh, late night tip. That one kind of goes hard, and I don't think that one was as much of a radio banger. But mm. that's the next one you should listen to. If you gotta listen to anything else and not listen to all of their stuff, listen to that mm. one. That one goes on. Okay. Um, all right, we'll do. We'll do. All right. Um, and so that was my number six, Something to Rap About by Freddie Gibbs featuring Tyler, the Creator. And my number five is also a feature song, and it's uh, Rain on Me by Lady Gaga featuring Ariana Grande. Okay. And so I would say out of all of these, this is probably like just the most that's like straight up pop, but um, it sounds great beat is like the, the 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 bass the beat is great um and they both sound great on it um there's not much substance um great pop i think can have substance but this is like one of those just like straight up just this sounds like, good party that's music. like the only thing that matters like it sounds good <laughs> yeah it sounds good right right and you just like you like tapping your foot and or like you like you know bob your head a little bit and you're like fuck like the like, fucking jay-z me uh jim yeah, right, right. He's like, <laughs> he's got like that weird, he's making that like confused face. He's still, like, <laughs> he's looking up. Yeah. He's looking up at something. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's like, why do I like this? And it's fucking Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. He's like, I don't know that I like this. The Michelle, the Michelle Obama, where she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what this song is. Um, well, actually, I think it's about alcoholism, but I have to, I'd have to Google it. But anyway, <laughs> it's a great song. And uh, yeah, it's my number five. Okay, so my number three 
um, is going to be the one that people have heard the least, I, I feel, out of all of these. Um, and it's also probably benefiting from some recency bias, but um, it's from Buster Rhymes' most recent album that he, I feel like he dropped very recently, um, called Extinction Level Event 2. Um, it's called Out of My Mind, and it's technically featuring Bell Biv DeVoe, um, mm-hmm. and I feel that's a stretch, because all he does is sample, like, a section of the beat from Poison, you know, you know Poison by Bell mm-hmm. Biv DeVoe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poison! Um, and, and then, like, the hook from that song, where they're singing on it, so they got a feature, I don't feel like they sang on it, I feel like I'm, like, pretty confident in still just the hook from the song being sampled, but I guess it's enough of it that he put him as a feature. Um, yeah, it's like Otis. If you if you please go listen to this song uh, when mm-hmm. we're done here, the one thing you'll notice immediately is that like the beat isn't its own thing. The best way I can explain it is that like I'm. It wouldn't surprise me at all if someone said Busta Rhymes just spit verses with no music behind it, right? And then they're like, mm-hmm. and they then they just fit the beat to it and made it work because like there's no similar like flow to the whole thing and it like it jumps around but it doesn't jump around at like specific cuts that make sense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it it doesn't feel like a break in the beat. It's just like they just made it match and it's fucking great. It, it fits perfectly. Like that beat is a hundred percent what you expect to hear Buster Rhymes on. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody else could have done that beat except for someone like. It popped in my head that, like, maybe someone like Missy Elliott, who's also known for just, like, making every single thing, like, specifically hers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, you hear it, and you're like, this is a Busta Rhymes song. And, and just, like, everything with Missy Elliott, you're like, this is a Missy Elliott song. You know what I mean? So, like, right, maybe right. someone like her can make it work, but mostly it's just Busta Rhymes, and it fits perfectly. Song's great. It's catchy. The beat goes hard again. Um, so that's my number three. Sweet. Cool, cool. Uh, my... <clears throat> Excuse me. My number four is actually one that I had I had a hard time picking because I wanted to have a song from this album, but as I mentioned a little bit, it's probably one of it. It was one where I was like, "Well, it could be this song, it could be that song," but I didn't want to not. I didn't want to have a bunch of the same songs from or a bunch of the songs from the album together. But anyway, it's "Pretty Please" by Dua Lipa okay. off of the album uh, Future Nostalgia, um, and this is probably my favorite song off of that album. And uh, I think it's probably my favorite album of the year. But I'll go into why it, I, it's not as easy for me to do album of the year as it is to do song of the year okay. after the list. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, she sounds great on it. Um, I wasn't a big fan before. I sort of had heard her songs just from being, you know, watching commercials or being like at a bar one time a couple years ago or like... You know, sort of existing online because they use her for like a fan cam video or I feel like I the heard fuck ever. She has, does she have a song with the baby? Yes, yes, she did. Uh, that's uh, hallucinate this year. I yeah. haven't heard of her at all. Not once till I heard of that song, and I was like, "Who is this?" And they were like, <laughs> "Possible album of the year," and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, like everyone's like, "This is great," and I'm like, "I still don't know who this uh, is." <laughs> she she had that song a couple years ago that was really big. It was called New Rules. Um, I feel like if I had to take a random guess, that is as uh, what's the word? Uh, not 
eclectic. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. I, I, all right, so here's the thing. Like, I can appreciate just about any type of music other than country music. I don't fuck with it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I, I, I can hear a pop song and be like, that's a good pop song. I can hear a rock song and be like, that's a good rock song. You know, But, like, I still just stay in my lane. So I feel like just based off of what I've heard, probably not in my lane. Correct? <laughs> like, um, not, not I don't know. Cause... Probably line in too much with, like, Pusha T drug dealing. <laughs> Uh, no, no, Probably not too not much. Hear them on the song together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because like um, it's gonna be some catchy pop like... hook, and you're just gonna hear him in the background. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I because mean, you know she, she had a song with Little Baby, and then somebody put a verse from Megan Thee Stallion into one of the songs, mm-hmm. like they did like a fan edit, and it actually sounded pretty good. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Like this album. How can I say? I always heard her first one is like dark synthia pop. I haven't listened to it much. And then this one's more like uh, old 80s techno pop okay. sort of. Um, but I would say, I mean, you could give it a chance. I sort of just kind of through osmosis this year just picked it up. And I was like, you know, this sounds really good. Like, I really like this album. And sort of kind of like with Ariana Grande, I would say they're both in the same lane where it's like um, this is more techno pop. And then Ariana's more like trap bubblegum pop, so they're not that straight up like uh, Lady Gaga pop, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's not like Katy Perry stuff, right? Right. It's like a twist to it. It's like Star. It's less Boy. of just like the machine pumping shit out as much as it's like its own little brand of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like a, it's a, a twist on it, kind of like you know, I think Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, and Dua Lipa all have the same sort of pop, like central vein to them, yeah. but they all go in different variations. Um, and add a little bit of an extra kick to their songs. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so this one's Pretty Please um, as my number four. All right. And so with me saying that number four is not probably in my lane, I can tell by the title that as a native English speaker and only speaking one language, this one is also not in my lane. <laughs> yeah, so my number three is a Bad Bunny song called uh, Si Veo a Tu Mama. And so he released three albums this year. I only really got around to listening to the first one. Um, I think. Hold on, bro. I just spaced out for a second. Did you say he released three albums this year? Three albums this year. So in, the, My in March, he released DMX it, bro. <laughs> yes, and I was, I was telling, uh, and it, it's sort of like that thing where it's like Chris Brown releases an album and it's like forty songs. I'm like, dude, like it's not the '80s anymore, right? <laughs> right. Like you it's don't not have the to do like, this. You don't have to do this, man. Like, you can pick the best 15, and it'll have way more of an impact than just flooding the market with songs. He came out with that. Here's the deal. I've never given a shit about a Chris Brown album coming out. But then I heard that this next one was, like, 40 songs, or when he released the one that was, like, 40 songs. And I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, there's no way anyone is listening to anything other than the radio singles. Who is going to be like, I want to... All right. So now I told you when a new album drops, I listen to it beginning to end, no skips, no interruptions, bro. If you hit me with forty songs, I'm not even trying. Like, not even try- right, right. Like it, like it goes from being like there's like no way there's like there's no way there's any overarching theme over forty fucking songs, bro. <laughs> and it makes you go from like being like, um, what, how can I say it? Like from being sort of apathetic toward it to being like actively angry, being like, no, fuck <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to listen to forty songs, man. Did you? That's how 
Bro, I was like, yeah, 40 songs is ridiculous. And then, like, I was like, get the fuck out of here. You have no themes. That's how, like, just in, like, one minute of me speaking about a 40, 40 song album about someone I don't <laughs> give a shit about ended. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, and so, yeah, so he released three albums. And this was really the only one, or the, the only one that I really gave a, gave a chance to because um, I just didn't have time to get to the other ones. Right. And so uh, it's the song, and the beat is probably my favorite thing about it. It's like this, it sounds like the, like an arcade game. Mm-hmm. It just goes do 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 do, and um, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick because it's my favorite thing about it. So um, while you're pulling that up, uh, I, what's the oh God the song from uh, Cardi B's album? We were both like instantly like this is oh, a radio I like, hit before it I came like out. it. Yeah, so I like it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I'll fucking. I'm not going to say that I'd sing all the lyrics to his part. I can put together the sounds correctly. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, bro. <laughs> but I'm pretty... It's like phonetically? I, yeah, exactly. I'm like hooked on phonics listening to his verse, but it still fucking goes. So here's the deal. I won't... I could probably listen to this song, not know a single fucking word he's saying, and be doing the fucking Michelle Obama, Jay-Z fucking head bob and joy and that's what this one is too. It's like, oh, this beat sounds good, and you're like bobbing along. And it's he basically it's a song about um um a breakup, and he's the the title means if I see your mom. Okay. Uh, so basically, like it basically he's basically saying like you know if I see your mom, I'm gonna ask her about you, see how you're doing. He's like I'm you know I've been doing better. I'm out with the boys, you know, but I'm not. I'm trying to do better. You know, I, I can't be dilly dallying around it, but it's like. Uh, sort of sad but also happy um but it's all in spanish and it's, it, i i um i don't know i just really like it and the way it sounds and, and with the beat Were and, you able to find it oh yeah let me see well my phone's being fucking annoying but do you have an iphone i do my wi-fi oh there it goes Hold on. okay let me see if i can look it up but yeah and so i there's like a couple of other songs by him that i like he's sort of it doesn't run together because i don't want to say that because um, it might not be, it might just be that I don't really listen to the music. So I don't, right. they all sound the same. And somebody goes, no, but that's not, you know, that's not true. Cause this one sounds different from that one, you know? So, right. Exactly. Playing. It, oh, it's a damn commercial. Oh, uh, hit you with that commercial. Oh, no, it's a commercial it. in Spanish. Oh, hmm. oh shit. Bro, targeted editing, bro. Like targeted advertising. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Shout out to YouTube. And then he comes in, and then oh. they add the bass to it. No, fuck it, bro. I'm in. Like, it's like, I remember how I found it, too, because I was like, I remember I was walking where I used to live. There was a, a trail, and I was walking around it, and I was just listening to music out there back when it was like March, right when quarantine started. And it, I, it was just, I listened to the album all the way through, and I was like, that sounds good. That It's whatever. I'll listen to it whenever. <clears throat> and then this song came up on Shuffle. And I remember the beat started. I was like, I was like, wait, what is this? What the fuck is this? I don't have anything <laughs> like, like this. Is this an ad, bro? I was like, what? And I, yeah, dude, I literally was like, I'm not on Spotify. And I looked at it. I was like, oh shit, it's, it's like a song, and it sounds good. And I like the lyrics. And I was like, oh shit, this song's great. And so it's been on repeat ever since. And I haven't really given the album many listens, like all the way through. And I definitely haven't mm-hmm. listened to two or three, or like the album two or three. So, um, but yeah, that's my number three. All right, so my number two, uh, my runner-up. 
is uh, Out of Sight by Run the Jewels featuring 2 Chains. Um, I love Run the Jewels. Mm. Killer Mike has an amazing rap voice. LP's great. Um, and 2 Chains comes through with a verse that's just fucking on point as <laughs> usual. So, I'm trying to think, like, off the top of my head, 2 Chains and Rick Ross are like my GOAT feature verses. Like, I'm never going to like an album that either of them put out. Mm-hmm. But every time they're on a feature, I'm fucking in there, bro. <laughs> like, I, I'm in there. I'm in there. Um, I'm, I'm ready for it. Like, every time I see them on a feature, like, I fucking start smiling. Like, I'm ready to hear whatever dumb shit they're going to say. Or whatever ridiculous shit Rick Ross is going to say about a life he didn't actually live. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking in there, bro. Um, and this one is just great. It's, it's more... Um, it's it's more rapidy rap, you know what I mean? It's more like hip hop, hip hop. Yeah. But like it, it's still a fucking banger and it goes hard right. and that's why. Like it's something like, to rap about. It's just yeah, like exactly. hip hop, it's just like straight bars, no chorus, no hooks, no nothing. Yeah, that's exactly what out of sight is. So that's that's my number two. It's it's a solid fucking banger. Cool cool. Um my number two is Blinding Lights, uh, by the weekend. And okay. so th- I love this album. I bought it on vinyl. I like I, I think this is sort of his re- a return to form for him. This um, album covers the one with his shit kicked in, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's bleeding and he's like got the it's thing. It's the fucking, he... uh, what is it? The Jack Prescott in... <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in uh, Panama City. Just like yeah, it's bleeding. the Jack Prescott Panama City album edition. Yeah. The deluxe cover should just be his fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> It's a um, yeah. So it's the album with, with him on the cover, and, and from the jump, I loved it. I thought it was a return to form, like I said, because I my favorite stuff of his is his earlier stuff. Like um, he has an album from 2015 called uh, Beauty Behind the Madness, and that's like sort of his peak for me, at least peak. Like somebody called them uh, music that would play at a, a haunted uh, strip club. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Actually, and then. In 2016, he came out with Starboy, and that's veered more toward regular, sort of contemporary, more like a pop sound, like a Pharrell sort of sound to it, but not yeah. as good. Um, and it had a couple songs. There's a song called like "Die for You" and uh, "Feel It Coming" and Starboy. They all like there's like a few that I pick out, but for the most part, that album it's more hit or miss for me. Um, I would say like 50-50, maybe more miss than hit for me. What but was then, the, what was the first album you said that was perfect? Uh, Beauty Behind the Madness. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to see. There's a song that, to me, immediately, I was like, okay, yep. There was a song that when you were like, Haunted Strip Club, I was like, it's this song, isn't it? And I just looked to see which album it was on. Yeah. It's The Hills. The Hills, the Hills yeah. sounds like fucking Haunted <laughs> Stripper music, bro. <laughs> uh, oh, dude. Um, Let me see if I can play the first few bits. There's a song on there called Tell Your Friends, produced by Kanye West. Have you ever heard that one? I have not. It's like the best. It's it was very good, and he got nominated for album of the year because of. Oh, there it goes. I'm gonna play it over. Oh, they didn't hit you with the Spanish ad first. It's like that good Kanye West. Yeah, and the yeah, whole, exactly. The whole beat is awesome, and uh, but anyway, so that was Beauty Behind the Madness. Starboy was just okay, but then this is returned to more like um, that other album. Uh, the right. first one that I mentioned. Um, and this is, I think, my favorite song off of it. Um, but it's also the one that sounds most, like, synthy pop, like, 80s, sort of Michael Jackson stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually, uh, <clears throat> I think this week or last week, it became the longest running top 10 single of all time. I think it's spent like, it's Holy been shit. in the top 10 for 40 weeks. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. The yeah. weekend is, you know what? Uh, that's another guy. I'm like, I've heard his singles. They're mm-hmm. all decent. I, I've never had an urge to go listen to one of his fucking albums, bro. Yeah, and, and like... I don't know why. It's just like, it's. I, I guess it's just not my lane. You know what I mean? I'm like, this sounds good on the radio. It's like, yeah. I'm never going to go listen to this on my own. <laughs> and I don't like, want that hunted stripper shit playing in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is that he has like, he had like, I think three or four mixtapes that were huge. They're like fucking huge popular. And I have them like I, on my phone and I listen to them. I don't really like them. Or I don't really <laughs> give them a chance. Like, I'm just like... They're like okay, and Sydney loves him, and I'm like I don't really like. There's like one or two songs here that, that I'm like I love these, but for the most part I'm like eh, I don't really like this. Every and, time you're like I don't really like this, she's like boo this man. <laughs> <laughs> and like I should know better because I know that that sound is what influenced Drake on Take Care. Like it's sort right. of he stole his sound, and so yeah. I was like I should pay homage. Why then... you tell me Drake bit someone else's style? <laughs> no fucking way, bro. I thought he was the original man. I think he, he would come up with his own stuff. What the fuck? <laughs> and he, so I need to listen to that one more and, and give those album, those mixtapes more chances because I love the fucking 2015 album, The Beauty Behind the Madness. That's one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites. Um, and so yeah, so this one's very good. It might even make it up there eventually. I need, I need to, you know, give it time. But this is the best song off of it, in my opinion, uh, Blinding Lights. Okay. All right. So yep. do you want me to give my number one and then go back to you, or do you want to go ahead and give your number one now? I'll just go ahead and give my number one since I've okay. been doing Yeah, I'll, since I've been doing two. And, um, yeah, I'll wrap up my list um, by the, with the song. My number one song is the song Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Hallie. And so Chloe and Halle is a duo, and they've been around for a couple of years now. And they're Beyonce's underlings, proteges. They're sort of like they're under her label. And they're I didn't least... know that. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think they, are they related? They might be related. I don't know. That actually. would make sense. I, I, I like just from the fact that like again, this is another like I, I don't feel like I've ever listened to a full song of theirs, but anytime. I see like a clip come by on Twitter or like mm. I hear a piece of it. I'm like, this shit sounds amazing. And like, I should really go listen to it. Mm. it. It seems like they're fucking immensely talented. And I'm pretty sure one of them also does some acting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So Hallie is going to be Ariel in the right. eventual live action remake whenever they make that. So whenever that happens and they, they have, I mean, they both have great voices and I don't know them well enough. To be like, when I'm listening to a song, to be like, oh, that's Chloe and that's Hallie. I think mm-hmm. that'll come with time eventually, if ever. But anyway, so the song is Ungodly Hour. It is the titular song off of the album, Ungodly Hour. Okay. Um, and they fucking just sound so fucking good. The album as <laughs> they a whole... really do. <laughs> <laughs> this album as a whole is... Um, it's it's pretty good. I, I wouldn't say I love it. Um, there's like uh, two or three songs that I really, really like. And then this one being my favorite of them. But this one sounds so fucking good. And I think that the beat, I think it's by Mike Will Made It, it just fits them perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's my number one. Um, yeah, by Chloe and Halle, who I, I actually hadn't given much of a chance to before either, before this year until this album. Um, I remember I went to um, to see Beyonce and Jay-Z on mm-hmm. tour two two years ago. Two years ago now, two and a half. It was two, like that on the run tour, I think? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Okay. 
and they were the opener for her. Oh, shit. And so I remember walking up the stairs, and they were on stage, and it just said, you know, Chloe and Hallie. I was like, who are these little kids? Because they were, you know, they were, I think they're like 20-something now, but they were like 18 or 19 then. Yeah. And so I was like, who are these children that are singing on stage? Get off the stage. Let me listen. <laughs> Get Beyonce up there. And so now I'm like, yeah, I, I totally saw Chloe and Hallie in concert. And I, they were awesome. They sounded great. That's that's how I felt about the like every time I think about the UNC uh, Vince Staples and and Earl Sweatshirt, mm-hmm. I like I, there was no like get off the stage for Vince Staples because he put on a great show. But I was like, I'm really just here for Earl Sweatshirt, and now yeah. I'm like, Vince Staples was at a, <laughs> and now you're like, yeah, this they sound great. What like this guy's awesome? Like what the fuck? What happened here? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so my favorite song, Ungodly Hour, um, by Chloe and Halle. Yeah, so you mentioned that you think Roddy Rich is an industry plant. Mm-hmm. And so that will bring me to my number one song from a guy that I've never fucking heard of. He's the goofiest looking dude I've ever seen in my life. And this song was a straight fucking banger. And it's the most, like, radio song. Over WAP, I think this song is the most, like, radio song to me. Mm-hmm. Which is my number one song for the year so far. Uh you know, fucking December 3rd, so the year so far, a.k.a. the year. Um, (laughs) Unless something amazing happens in these last three weeks, um, is What's Poppin' Remix uh, by Jack Harlow featuring the baby Tory Lanez, um, you know, who shot Megan Thee Stallion, and uh, Lil Wayne. I almost forgot him because I wish he wasn't fucking on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, like I, he's like one where it was. It's. I mean, he he has a song called Tyler Hero. Yeah, and I think he it's appropriate because I think he is like Tyler Hero, where he's like a white guy, and you're like, what are you rapping about? Get out of here! But then you go, oh shit, the skills there. Oh yeah, okay, exactly. Because the, the original is is the only reason I like the remix is I think because a it's newer and b like there's enough like, different energy going on that, like, it, it mm-hmm. kind of just, like, moves a little better. Um, but, like, the original was great. His verse in the in the fucking um, remix is great. The baby comes with the same flow as always, but is still, like, the thing is, like you said, we, we I think we said this before, but, like, even though it's the same flow every time, the energy still turned up to eleven every oh, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like <laughs> I'm always in there if it's, if it's like got good stuff around it. The baby's another one. I don't think I'm ever gonna go listen to a the baby album, but I'll probably still listen to every feature he's on. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 Because it's so, like, <laughs> what are you gonna switch up the verse? Oh, the flow. I thought you never asked. I'm just gonna rap a little bit faster. <laughs> exactly. It's the exact same, bro. Didn't change his voice or the flow. Nothing. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one great. Tory Lane's verse is actually pretty good. Uh, and Lil Wayne's verse, it's funny because Lil Wayne's verse isn't terrible, but it's because half of the lines are just taken straight from the original when Jack Harlow did it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, he says, uh, he says, like, Patsy's hose like magic instead of Stockton. And it's like, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, uh-huh. So, like, it, it's not terrible, but it's it's clearly just like he's getting carried. Um, mm-hmm. I do wish that I could immediately... Alright, so he, this is a funny uh, juxtaposition, maybe? Uh, I don't know if that word really works here. I feel like it does, though. So, he has, like, back-to-back lines. Mm-hmm. And one of them 
I've heard a million times, and I fucking hate it. And then the other one, every time I hear any version of this, I'm like, God, I fucking love this line. So, the one he's done a million times that I hate is, they're all my sons like Phoenix. Bro, I've heard it a thousand (laughs) times. I don't need another Phoenix Suns line. And I Uh I think what it is, is it's... There's never any like lever level or like cleverness to it. It's just like Suns, Phoenix. I get it. All right, you know what I mean. Like, um, right, right. Oh God, and let me find the the other one uh, that now I can't remember exactly how it goes. So I'm Suns, all these bitches is my sons, like Phoenix. Yeah, that's the other one I also think of, and I'm like, can we stop doing this? Like, <laughs> like why do people still do this? Um. Uh, yeah, okay, he says, when this shit's done, I'm gonna fill up arenas, ooh, like Gilbert Arenas, shoot my shot, I'm still with the demons, like, anytime anybody brings up Gilbert Arenas bringing a gun into an <laughs> NBA stadium, fucking, because of a gambling debt, I'm like, I'm in that fucking bar, yeah, <laughs> and you know what it is, I think it's because it shows, like, even though it's a thing that was all over the place, there's still, like, that line isn't going to catch a lot of people who aren't invested in sports. So I'm like, you still, like, dug a little. You know what I mean? But, like, right, everyone right. knows the Phoenix Suns is a team, and you didn't really put any fucking thought into it. But there's, I think Rick Ross has a line where he talks about shooting up some, like, Gilbert Arenas. Oh, he's like, and I've got the gets, Gilbert Arenas. And I'm uh, like, every time, bro, every time, I'm like, I'm in there. I'm in there for all Gilbert Arenas slander of bringing guns to places there shouldn't be guns. It's funny, because I, I remember, like... You know, you, you sort of become a fan and you remember early things from mm-hmm. becoming a fan. So, like, I became a fan of, like, the NFL in, like, 2005. Or, like, that's when you sort of start to follow and you remember, like, Jake DeLome. And the NBA, Gilbert Arenas and the gun thing is, like, one of the first ones where mm-hmm. I was, like, watching ESPN. And, like, he brought guns. I was like, whoa, whoa Yo, crazy. But it's, like, he... one of the first memories I have of, like, news happening, like, for real. And not just me being, like, oh, like, the OJ chase, right? Like, being told that had happened. But the first time that I was, like aware of it happening right and the thing is is it was it's so ridiculous i'm the man was gambling with somebody i think on the plane and i think the guy owed gilbert arenas money so gilbert arenas brought a gun into the locker room and i don't think the gun became an issue until after the fucking game so that means he played a whole game knowing that the fucking gun was in the locker and he was like he was like i'm gonna stick this motherfucker up the moment this 48 minutes is over (laughs) (laughs) and he had just signed a hundred million dollars right what the fuck are you doing (laughs) god yeah it's just like it's just insane why did you it's all right here's the deal it's not as big of a deal and it's not as crazy this is it's not as wild but like it's the same level of insanity as like ron artest running into the clown and (laughs) punching people Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you have to be on the same level to be like i'm bringing a gun into the locker room like why didn't didn't you catch him at a parking lot why didn't you like he's like i'm gonna bring it in the locker room (laughs) (laughs) and then didn't he do like that else didn't he do the celebration with the guns and he had like the finger guns? Yes, bro. <laughs> it's too much. Just too much. Um, it's too much, bro. Like, why? 
Mm. Also, you're Gilbert Arenas on the Wizards. You're the only, you're the player. Like, you could be like, I'm going to flex, uh, like, my strings with ownership if you don't fucking pay me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like I'm going to try and get you kicked off this team. I'm going to try and put bad press out there about you if you don't, if you don't pay me my money. He mm. was like, I'm bringing a gun into the locker room. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. There's security at the fucking arena, and you're like, I'm bringing a gun into the locker room. It's insane. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. Oh, so, so, anytime I hear a Phoenix Suns line, I'm like, this is enough. Anytime I hear a Gilbert Arenas line, I'm like, more of them. Um, so. You're like the Drake, like the where he's like pushing away, or he's like waving it. He's like, ugh. And then he's like, Gilbert Arenas, and you're like pointing like the hotline bling. Oh, yeah, the, the hotline bling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like oh, no, 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 yeah. sons. Gilbert Arenas, mm hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, so that's it. Um, that's our list. Mm-hmm. Your top of your list was Already Forgot, Ungodly Hour by Chloe yep. and Allie. And mm-hmm. top of my list was What's Poppin'. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the episode, guys. We will catch you guys next week. If you want to catch us uh, on it, if you want to catch us on social media, you can catch me at Team Moneybags, and I'm uh, on Instagram at at evercastro92. And if you want to catch the podcast on social media, you can catch it at Diff Animals Pod, or if you want to email us directly, you can email us at differentanimalspodcast at gmail dot com. Stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. See. You.